since you've only seen like the Sailor Moon S quote movie unquote I mean it's called a movie so we'll just call it a movie yeah even though it's more of an OAV OVA type situation you've only seen it like once before so like for you there's little to no nostalgia right no the only nostalgia I would say is from watching it with you in your apartment in did we watch it in my apartment or did we watch it at your house I think we watched that movie in your apartment in Atlanta I definitely remember the super s movie watching that in virginia with you yeah i think we watched this one in atlanta hmm yeah okay like in the living room we didn't watch it in your bedroom we watched it like in the living room like on my tv yeah okay so i do that that's technically nostalgia (laughs) i guess (laughs) all right well welcome back to otaku everybody Um, yeah, uh, it turns out we're not only your favorite spot for JoJo, uh, topicals, also everything else anime. Everything else anime. So, um. Which is the whole point of this podcast. Yeah. But we just was very much inspired by us freaking out over JoJo. Yeah. That was definitely like a super in the moment thing. Um, but now we're, I'm really excited about this. Like we're moving into the next kind of stage of stuff which is we're moving away from jojo away from jojo which we reiterated numerous times in episodes the past couple episodes yeah, and, of, and, of jojo and this is going to be the first one that is uh ovas like we we're talking about original video adaptations and or standalones of some of your favorite stuff um so one thing i do want to mention with the with the sailor moon movies is that they're not standalones at least this one isn't it was it was adapted from a side story that Takayuchi like actually wrote. And I believe it is on the shelf right over there mm. in one of those non Tonkoban volumes. I mean, it is Tonkoban, but like it's in one of the ones that is horizontal <clears throat> on top of the vertical ones. Yeah. No, I don't think they're Tonkoban because Tonkoban is like, it means compilation. So I think like what you're saying is that they are literally um, just an adaptation of an other, other work. Which is like kind of the point of OVAs in general, which is interesting because for this, it's um, it's kind of like the author doing their like it's an actual visual novel or like a novel. But then they're like, hey, I'm the actual original author of this. Let's turn it into an anime. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I haven't researched the full background of this i just know that um in the sailor moon manga like there are human versions of the cats mm-hmm. that were never previously disclosed in the anime mm-hmm. aside from luna getting turned into a human in this particular adaptation in this quote movie unquote i keep saying that because it's only like an hour and one minute so i do classify this as more of an ova oav than a movie yeah but like so and it's interesting and i was gonna i was gonna mention this um to me has my first my, like basically my first like real um inference of anime was dragon ball and the movies as to me their movies are all about 
anywhere from like 45 to 60 minutes and they're all completely standalone except for like resurrection frieza which was yeah which is like that that's a whole new thing that shit like i was was like like, an hour and 20 minutes yeah i was like what do you mean this stuff is because that was what's kicked off uh super yeah but that was before super Mm -hmm. and they were like this shit's super popular uh fucking of course it was because everyone in the world still obsessed with dragon ball right um so they were like let's turn it into a part of the actual canonical <laughs> arc so in a weird way that was like a reverse ova because it was an original video adaptation but then it got turned into the regular show yeah i do remember you know? that because we went to the theaters to see resurrection yeah. frieza the movie and then it was incorporated into the actual... Yeah, and then they did the same thing with the other um, arc the, the as well. The Beerus one. Yeah, the Beerus one. But then the weird thing with Dragon Ball, I know that's not exactly what we set out to talk about, but nope. the weird thing with, with this was like none of those movies, the OVAs, are canon except for the literally the last one, Broly, the new Broly movie, which is why everyone like thought it was such a big deal because mm. that's technically not an OVA mm. or a movie because it's actually canon to the official Dragon Ball continuity. Right. And like, as far as this being canon to Sailor Moon, I feel like it is, but it's it's literally never brought up again. Like Luna no. never, ever mentions like, hey, remember that time you turned me into a human? It makes sense though in the, <clears throat> the, 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 the you know, it does. the bigger overarching If you know story. literally nothing about Sailor Moon and you're just like, oh, I'm going to start watching these like hour long quote movies unquote. Um, and you start in any fucking order, it doesn't necessarily matter. You might be a little lost as to who people are and like what their powers are, but it's very quickly remedied as is like par for the course for most shoujo anime. Um, and this was actually the first Sailor Moon movie that I ever saw. Really? Yes. Where does this fall? Like, So this is Sailor Moon S. <clears throat> so this is like season three. Okay. This is like season three canon after after Sailor Moon gets a hold of the Holy Grail, which right. is a big plot point for the whole part of Sailor Moon season three or Sailor Moon S. Is this the first OVA in the series? Or? No. Okay. Okay. So there was a Sailor Moon R movie. There's mm. a Sailor Moon S and then Sailor Moon Super S. So that's seasons two, three, and four respectively leaving out one and five, which okay. is just Sailor Moon and Sailor Moon Eternal. So one one did not have its OVA. No, not OVA. really. Okay. Um, But this, let's see, how old was I when I first saw this? I want to say I was like 14 or 15 when I first saw this. Um, My childhood best friend who I've been friends with for, <laughs> God, um, I have to do math in my head real quick, over 25 years. Quick math. I've been friends with her for over 25 years. I would hedge like 26, 27 years now. Um, She actually introduced me to the English adaptation of Sailor Moon on Toonami. You you told me you were so... I hated it. Yeah, you fucking... I hated it. Yeah. It was... I was like, this is like the worst thing I've ever seen in my entire life. I fucking hate this. Mm But... And again, I think it's because um, my childhood best friends had such a connection to it. And like it kind of just became like a thing, like with a capital T that we did after school. Like we would go over to someone's house. It was usually, excuse me, it was usually Melissa's house. Mm -hmm. We'd go over to her house and watch Sailor Moon after school. 
um, when we all got out of school at the same time together. Uh, they're a year ahead of me in age and in, <laughs> in school <laughs> and in school years. Yeah. Magellan, what the fuck? So. Okay, bye. So we got out of school at the same time for a couple years. And then all of a sudden, you know, they were in high school and they're getting out of school earlier than me. But that's besides the point. Um, yeah, they were senpais. So I think it was either my, I think it was my 15th birthday, honestly. So Kara and I are 364 days apart in birthdays. Mm-hmm. Well, no. 366. 366. Yeah. We are 366 days apart in birthdays, not including leap years. And um, she was born year, literally a year and a day before me. And she got a hold of this Sailor Moon S movie um, in Japanese with English subtitles, I think from a yeah, friend of how hers. How the fuck did she get that? From a friend of hers. Like from Suncoast or something? Like No, like her, her friend who was, I don't remember who exactly it was, but they had they had it. Like, as their own possession. Either like, from Japan or... But how do they get it, like, with, with subtitles? That's what I'm... That's, like, wild to me. I couldn't tell you. I'm, just, I'm This, imp- this I'm is impressed. literally, like, 20 years ago. I know. That's why I'm impressed. I'm like, that just wasn't and a thing. And that didn't then. occur to me to ask the question at the time. Yeah. Um, that's cool as hell. Right. So, so her friend had this Sailor Moon stuff in their possession, and... We since we share almost the same birthday, we usually got together and had like a sleepover or did something together on like the night of my birthday slash the morning of hers. So like the night before her birthday, the night of my birthday. Mm -hmm. And it just so happened that she was like, let's have a group of people. I'm going to invite some of my friends. You invite your friends. Let's get together in your basement. Because it's like right after we transformed my basement into like a quote movie theater, unquote, which yeah isn't actually a, a good way of saying it but it was closest to an in-home movie theater that like my lower middle class brain could ever comprehend yeah, it was at a, that it was age a, it was a cool theory in sound so but. she brought this over and this was the first time that i ever heard any of the sailor moon characters in japanese like this was the first introduction to me hearing luna as like a like an actual woman and not like this old doddering English lady who a was like geriatric. Yeah, it was like and I I remember looking at Kara and I was like, I fucking hate this. It's so weird to me. And she was like, dude, just like seriously, wait it out. Cause I promise you, it's so much better. And yeah. it fits like everyone so much better. So even though this is only like an hour and a minute, I spent that hour in a minute like the first 15 minutes i was like i was like no suffering yeah suffering pain (laughs) let me leave please kill me um but has it progressed and as a character and the story like developed i fell in love and i was just like i can't believe i've been listening to this bullshit in english (laughs) yeah for for like a couple years now because we were teenagers when we started watching Sailor Moon. Like, we were, we were like, 12, 13 when we discovered it. So, it was just, it was mind-blowing to hear the actual original <laughs> Japanese voice actors. How um, many... And the characters brought to life that way. Do you know, I'm just, I'm just curious off the top of the head. Do you know how many different, like, dub versions there are of 
Sailor Moon throughout the years? There's or... at least two, maybe three, because I haven't watched the Viz Media dubs. Okay. Because, <clears throat> like, for me, I think I was legitimately, like, nine or ten at the oldest when I first experienced Dragon Ball. Mm-hmm. And it was at, like, six in the morning on mm-hmm. TBS. And mm. it was fucking terrible. Like, yeah. this was... Um, before anyone gave a fuck about anime. This is before like Pokemon yeah. was a thing. Absolutely. Really. Way before Pokemon. Yeah. And um and like so the dubs, I don't even remember what that dub must have been. Like I'm sure it's like easily searchable. Cause I know with Dragon Ball there's like there's like five or six main dubs that exist Ugh. of like so completely different voice casts before they came across like what is now currently considered the official voice cast for Dragon Ball. So I don't even remember what, like in my head, I maybe have a, a mind, like a, a mental image of what that must sound like, yeah. but like it's nowhere near like what you're, I know, like from the original, you know, you know, English adaptation of Sailor Moon was, right. that we both remember. So, um, Deke was the <laughs> yeah, Deke. Oh English um, adaptation of Sailor Moon. I think that might've been for, for the Dragon first too. two seasons uh, yeah, for the first two seasons. And then at some point, um, I think Cloverleaf or something mm-hmm. bought uh, the Sailor Moon um, title, titleage, um, and they cast their own voice actors. A lot of them were repeats. I think the voice actors for Usagi changed, the voice actor for Chibiusa changed, the voice actor for Ami changed. And I want to say the voice actor for Minako changed drastically. I think I think Mako and Ray and Mamo were like the only ones that really remained the same. It's like the Wild West, and of, it was like it was acting. such a difference. I'm not like I can't emphasize that enough. If you know, you know. If you don't, you don't. But like, it was the. It was a world of difference. It was it was so <clears throat> astoundingly different. Was it better or mm, no? Because at that point I'd become acclimated to the original voice actors for the English dub. That have, when they introduced new voice actors, I was like, "What the fuck is this?" Have you ever have you ever gone on like a down a YouTube? I have not and checked. I've refused. Like yeah. I think just absolutely. I think it would just do so many things to my brain that I'm not ready to just be like damaging to your psyche. I'm not ready to um, sit with that for a minute. Yeah. You know, like I have so much other shit going on in my mind all the time right now. You just don't need that. Yeah. That I just, I don't have a mental capacity to be like, let me just go down this rabbit hole real quick. No pun intended. Yeah. Nice. Thanks. Um, yeah, no, I feel the same way, which is why I'm a little concerned. I do want to I do want to watch some a couple of the Dragon Ball movies, like cuz they're they're short and very easily digestible. Right. Um the older ones, I feel like would would be more beneficial for both of us, like like Dead Zone and Tree of Might and World's Strongest and stuff I like mean, that. I mean, so our whole OVA OAV um adventure is a lot of much older anime yeah which is part of the reason why i picked why i was like i really want to revisit the sailor moon movies Mm -hmm. because they're like an hour ish long each there's only three of them we're only covering one of them in this podcast in this episode um but it's 
it's a point of nostalgia for me because after I saw Sailor Moon S, I I needed, I then saw Sailor Moon R and then Sailor Moon Super S in that order. And Sailor Moon R like hits so hard for me, I think partly because um, a lot of the scenes still stand out to me, like even to this day and age. And also it was approximately five years ago four years ago I guess it was like January 2017 I think when I went to Atlanta for the women's march yeah and the night before the march I went to an independent art theater um that was showing the Sailor Moon R movie like with my two best friends that I grew up with watching Sailor Moon and we sat in a theater for the first time three of us and saw Sailor Moon on a big screen like subtitled original everything and it was that must have been emotional. momentous because yeah. we were surrounded by i mean the thing the thing was packed oh god yeah the theater was fucking packed that's a huge a it was huge a one thing. it was a one night mm-hmm. kind of thing and they knew i was coming into town and kara went ahead and bought us tickets and like i paid her back and um i hadn't seen my my best friends in several months and it was a whirlwind of things because I was going to the Women's March the next day. Um, my uncle had just been hospitalized with a stroke. And to be like next to my two closest friends, like literally of all time, to see this whole thing like pan out on the big screen. And I'm getting like really emotional right now because <laughs> the one thing that was missing was. I'm sorry. I don't know if I can talk about this. Um, the one thing that was missing from that experience was another friend of mine who OD'd and passed away in 2015 after giving birth. And she and I had like so many inside jokes from the Sailor Moon R movie growing up. Like when we would go home from school and chat on AIM. And I just miss her so much. But she was like the one thing that was really missing from that experience. And anyway, um, I called her Bunny because she was the one that introduced me to the Sailor Moon manga actually in middle school. I was like, yeah, they don't call her Serena. They call her Bunny. And I was like, that's so cool. Like, and she was like, hey, would you mind calling me Bunny? And I was like, no, I would not mind calling you Bunny at all. And she called me Mako-chan. Hmm. But um, people grow up and life hits you hard. So. But that's 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 fine. That's I I feel like that's a healthy reason for us to be doing this. Like it's 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 part of ourselves and our growth and life is I mean it's very important to have those experiences and I'm very grateful for uh, I'm Bunny. Like sitting here like not quite crying but I'm kind of crying and it's fucking annoying <laughs> yeah but yeah I mean that's important um, and it's like that's a part of your foundation and I mean it's anime and it's goofy and it's whatever but I mean that's part of you and me and like you know that's that's it that's why we're doing this. Like, it's it's part of our lives. I think, like... In a real way. 
even though Sailor Moon Crystal, like, the animation for the first couple of seasons was, like, so fucking atrocious with, like, the stupid CGI transformation sequences and everything, like, I think part of the reason that hit me so hard was because I could not think about Bunny and how much I wished she could have seen that and, like, experienced it, even from a distance, because, like, I had moved out of Georgia by then, but... I know she probably would have sat there and just like fucking laughed at all the terrible CGI sequences with me. Mm, but yeah. it's just one of those things that like, I don't know. I will always like Sailor Moon will always have like this deep space in my heart because of my lifelong friendship slash sisterhood with Kara and Melissa and then just Bunny on top of all of that. It just means so much to me because it it just was a a place I could go to when I was a teenager and not feel like an outcast. You know, like Takeuchi is quoted as saying like, I wrote a manga about the girls I wish I was friends with growing up. And I feel lucky enough that I had, I had those friends. And I still have some of them. So it just is like a whole, it's just a whole other experience for me. And I know, like, I I really kept my shit together, like, watching um, the Sailor Moon S movie with you the other night and this is like just feels like it's coming out of nowhere but yeah no i mean this is i mean i i know very well the emotional um impact of these of of the franchise in general and the meaningful um experiences that that drive this kind of deep set emotional response and I was honestly like expecting more. I I, th- I don't know. I think you you were, you know these movies so well that you didn't need to watch it again. It was mostly probably for me at that point. But. I did want a refresher because again, it's been like four years since I've seen any of these movies. Yeah, I mean, I I've seen it once. This is the second time I've ever seen this film. Yeah. Um, it's been years since I saw it the first time, and honestly, um. I love it. It's a great movie. It's super cute. It's it it very much so feels like it's a it's one of those it's not tropey, but it's like this is Oh, it's hella tropey. Well, it's I mean like it's super dangerous. Like the the main villain is like this is like wow, this is like really serious, but like I feel also that like it's kind of like goofy because like it's it's a it's a venue to explore alternate you know kind of stuff going on in the background like you know luna's whole thing is like that's the actual forefront of yeah that's the whole like four story yeah but i do feel like a lot of sailor moon um the series in general is is hella tropey obviously the shoujo manga um but i also feel like takuchi like did such a good job of presenting like you said like some serious fucking villains like really bad villains yeah like she's like balancing life on the planet 
Well, yeah, that was literally easy. every Sailor Moon villain ever. Right, but like super easy. But like they're all legit. <laughs> right, but then it's it's so well balanced with like these little um, snippets into like their daily lives. Like they're studying for exams and they're they're over at Ray's like temple, you know, and they're talking about boyfriends. Talking about boys. Like you know <laughs> that whole like scene where they're sitting around and like like Mako Chan is so love struck and Ugh, like that one upperclassman. And like they're all like just pretty like. <sighs> yeah, and like and it's... then like Usagi is like, ha ha, I have Mamo Chan. I feel like yeah, I agree with you. I feel like the thing for me that is very warming and nice feeling even though i don't have a strong nostalgic connection necessarily although i did watch a lot of sailor moon like in bits and pieces but not with anyone except for me right but i mean like this when one, i made you watch this the is when series. i was like probably like 11 or 12 or so right like i was really young um i feel like it now because i did not appreciate it at the time has a feeling of capturing adolescence yeah in a way that not a lot of other anime that i know of does because of those moments like where it's you're like these are still kids and they're still middle schoolers or whatever that are they're doing you know middle school stuff they care about their friends a lot and they have aspirations and they're pure and they love each other unconditionally and they love boys and they love talking about goofy stuff and oh by the way also Maybe the fate of the world is hedged on their shoulders, but you know what? They'll get to that. And yeah. I don't know. It's like it 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 has this 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 feeling of warmth that you know that at the end of the day, it's gonna be fine. Everyone's gonna be okay. But you're gonna you're gonna get your Jimmy's rustles a little bit along the way. And I don't know, like it just has a nice, neat packaging that doesn't come across overly like Oh, here we go again. Like it's like I, I actually honestly care about these characters. Yeah. Like I loved this movie. Like I loved Luna's whole thing. Like with her finally like her human essence. Yeah. Like she's like I. What is what is being in love? Like what is this emotion? What is right? All of and this? to have a cat of all the characters, <laughs> right? Question like what is it? What is it to be in love? Yeah. Especially with a human. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Magellan um, Couldn't have timed that better You know it's just there's something so Sweet and Wholesome and And like you said warm And and just You know like at this point so we're Three seasons in And we know Luna And we know that she's like been the kind of Like the mom figure of the group whenever applicable she's given sailor moon and all the other senshi like their wands and everything like she's kind of led she's guided them i won't say led she's guided them in the direction they need to go her sidekick um artemis has always been by her side like faithfully um they don't know necessarily at this point um like really what the future holds for them like luna and artemis specifically but they know that somewhere down the road, you know, Usagi and Mamo are destined to be end up together and that the Senshi end up being like the protectors of everything, like the future world and I guess the galaxy. Um, but for Luna to, for this to be very Luna centric, um, 
it's just so wholesome and so neat and so beautiful, I guess. Yeah. Because I mean, she's she experiences unconditional love for the first time. Yeah. And well, it's to a human that maybe doesn't quite reciprocate towards her specifically because he's got his own shit going on. So there's very much very mature themes going on here. There's unreciprocated love. There's unconditional love. There's what do I do? What is love? Am I in love or or am I just like happy that this guy saved my life? It's it's yeah. all these very mature themes coming together on top of the fact that there is a villain and there is someone who's like, we're going to freeze the shit out of Earth. Hope y'all brought your winter coats. Yeah. Kind of shit. Like, ready to annihilate living beings on this planet just because. I feel like... I feel like the... Like, Luna's whole thing with just being so... Like, prior to this, she, as a character, only exists... Well, not only, but her main thing is literally to, like you said, facilitate the adventures and the development of the Sailor Senshi. You know, really, like in the, like you know, in in the to in the a series. point, I would say in the in the Sailor Moon R series, the second season, I would say she she more or less. And I'm talking like the original anime. I'm not talking the manga or Crystal. Um, she more or less becomes kind of like a sidekick. You know, she's yeah. Usagi's sidekick yeah that's why that's why i meant so so for her to go from because like and she always like it's always about everybody else and it's never about luna and she's just there to support so that i I love stories like i'm a sucker for like when (laughs) you're a sucker (laughs) for the mandalorian (laughs) when the sap yeah i mean that's probably part of the reason why i like like you know i was obsessed with boba fett and other side characters because like it's this opportunity for exposition Mm -hmm. and expounding on like okay like i get it we've had the whole fucking man cast drilled in our head we know their whole shtick yeah tell me some more about this this other character who I am fascinated with, and there's so many opportunities to tell. I mean, like that's like the whole supernatural thing. It's probably part of the reason why Cass is my favorite character is because I'm fascinated with like, yeah, the side character, and like I'm just always rooting for them as an underdog because like they're. I feel like side characters in media like this are, are automatically like they're positioned as an underdog because even if they're on the same side as the main characters and ultimately their goals align with each other and they're all rooting you're all rooting for them at the same time like still their um worries and their interests are always a slight tick below the main character cast you know what i mean yeah speaking of cats being wholesome and good this orange one one is literally licking his balls right next to me why does he have the one nail sticking up like he's flipping you off right now because he's licking his balls right next to me (laughs) he literally looks like she's i know he's flicking me off and licking his balls um so aside from like the nostalgia and me crying Mm -hmm. for the first time on this podcast um do you want to pick apart this movie a little bit or do you want to talk about things like stood out to you? Because there are several yeah, things yeah, definitely. that I was reminded of that really, really stood out to me. 
Yeah, um, yeah, for sure. So I know we both were like listening to the intro and we we're like, this is some Star Wars fucking ass intro sounding ass bullshit. Like, yeah, the villain's motif is straight up. Like, yeah, so close. It's to so being... orchestral. And so it's not menacing, though. It's very mm. orchestral. It's very dark. It's very but Darth it's Vader. But it's not menacing. It's very Darth Vader. Well, like, it's almost Darth Vader's fucking theme. I don't know. It's a lot of the same chords. Like, it's a lot of the okay, same Okay, well, we're going to break it down by chords. Sure. The, the progression of it is a lot of the same, like, you know, You family. know something bad is ha- is going to happen, yes. right? Yeah. Okay. So it's, with this, it's effective. With this opening theme. It's it is very, very effective. effective. But would I put the menacing, like, uh, JoJo shit over it? Probably not. No. Maybe. It would be funny. It's pretty. The music in this movie is very it's good. It's very pretty. Very well done. It's very good. Um, you probably have way more notes than I do, so I'm going to let you kind of go. Yeah, so um, I did talk about the music a little bit. Um, I really enjoyed it. I liked that it really framed the pacing. It was an effective pacing mechanism for the mm-hmm. movie. Um, it, it it was non-jarring in the way that it kind of moved in and out of scenes and thematics and stuff like that. I really appreciated that. The Sailor Moon movies have always been very good at that. When we watch, when we rewatch, because... I have made you watch them before the R and the Super S movies. Like you'll you'll notice a, th- a thematic with that. Yeah. Um, I guess my first initial takeaway was like, oh, like <laughs> because I have seen. Uh, I guess it's not really fair to bunch the modern JoJo with this in the same style. Go for it. This was the '90s. Well, yeah, but I mean, like when JoJo, like the modern. Uh, series that we've been watching was produced okay. um, but even like what I was going to say is against the OVA Jojo which who knows maybe we'll watch that at some point oh absolutely I definitely want to watch it um, stylistically enormous departure from from both Jojo and I guess from what like you know at least like even the the 90s Jojo uh, artistically animation wise the whole like the chibi the the kawaii kind of like you know super like stylized facial expressions and stuff like that so yes this the facial expressions like the cut scene the cutaway scenes where usagi in particular is like you know eating the hot little um yaki mm-hmm. balls that she got from a street vendor probably and her little like her little bleh with ray yeah um that kind of stuff definitely but see to me that is so typically sailor moon and so typical for shoujo anime um the manga wasn't quite drawn that exaggerated and i do understand what you're talking about with like stylistically because to me sailor moon like the original animation run is so stylistically unique hmm yeah. With the way the eyes are drawn, the way um, they didn't, in the original animation run, they didn't try to mimic the manga very much um, stylistically, <clears throat> which is the whole reason why Sailor Moon Crystal got made because Takeuchi was like, I want it to look like the manga. <laughs> and then get me an animation team that's going to dedicate the series to looking like the manga. And not put 48 fucking filler episodes in one season. I, I guess they technically didn't put filler in, but... They mm, didn't. Still a, a Yeah, that CGI subject. was... Yeah. Um, so, it, to me, like, 
yeah, you show me like a sliver of Sailor Moon and I know my cell is hidden by the bookshelves right now. We really need to move that. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll do that tomorrow. But I instantly recognized it. I was I'll like, this is literally the scene from the, the beginning of the end of Sailor Moon S, the beginning of Super S, where they're watching the solar eclipse. Yeah. I knew that cell upon sight. Which is great because I was like, fuck yeah. And you were like, well, I just bought a Sailor Moon cell from eBay. And I was just like, this is literally what this scene is. They're like getting ready to watch Solar Eclipse. And even then I was like, but these outfits are from the Sailor Moon R movie. Straight out of it. Did we ever figure out what the fuck that was up, up with that? No. Huh. That's weird. It's just, it's um, probably because the Sailor Moon R movie, I want to say was made. I want to say these three movies were made like towards the end of the sailor moon run maybe this is from promotional something like they were released not... i'm gonna google it right now go ahead and talk about your next point it might, it might be that might be from pro- promotional media i guess like it might be a classically animated promotional media shot or something which would still be kind of cool but um but what i was going to say is you brought up a really good point with um sailor moon having its own st- stylistic um whole thing like the whole kit and caboodle for the time which is probably part of the reason or maybe even most of the reason why sailor moon and other popular media from the 90s and the mid 2000s kind of have that clinging appeal is because they set themselves so apart from other similar media um but what i was saying in context of the jojo ova is maybe the jojo ova is in and of itself like an outlier like maybe that was the weird thing because of how super realistic remember like i mean we've never watched it all but from the clips and cutscenes we've seen on youtube it is weird like the jojo ovas like like it it, it feels like they were trying to actually replicate some of these scenes as if they were really happening in real life, like with the use of music and like, it's very minimal and stuff like that. Whereas with the sailor moon, it's like, this feels lively and like, you know, it's intended as art and a medium that is supposed to be enjoyed as a movie. Right. So, um, we're going to be watching a lot of nineties anime for this podcast. Spoiler alert. (laughs) Um, so the sailor moon S movie was released May, wait, what the fuck? May 23, 2000. But then it says 1994. They probably re-released it or digitally like rescreen it or something. Um, Let's see here. So, because the Google page says that the, yes, the, re- the release date was December 4, 1994. So it's probably 2000 in America. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and no then the, the, yeah, the Sailor Moon <laughs> R movie was released in 1993 and Sailor Moon started airing in 92. So, yeah, so they were aired season two. I want to say maybe like concurrently, like they were released at the end of the year kind of, or at the end of the season as like a special, hence me classifying them as OAVs. Yeah, no, that, 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 that makes sense. Like for them to be presented as such, like whereas the Dragon Ball movies were theatrical releases, like right. they were intended as movies. Yeah. So, but like they're the same format. So it's just, that that's kind of like what plays into the, the confusing nature of this kind of stuff. But I mean, at the end of the day, it's they're they're the same thing. Like it's all Pretty intended much. as like you know it's its own standalone thing and its own little pocket universe where 
continuity with the main uh, timeline is questionable, but who cares really? Like right. it's all in good fun. Yeah, I um, I really, I think now especially, I super appreciate the whole trope of the Sailor Moon S movie where like one of the main side characters um, is a scientist and he's like an astronomer or an astrophysicist. Um, unclear what exactly he does, but he, he does do space stuff. He does space stuff, ladies and gentlemen. And and there's this whole trope of of him being a scientist and believing in hard facts and not being able to also believe in any kind of magic. So the fact that these magical girls exist in his same town, city, um, place, like, you know, under his nose and him being scoffed at by so many others for believing in magic um especially like you know moon magic and things that maybe probably are pretty rooted in like old religion yeah that was that was his one thing he's like i'm like super accredited in the scientific community and like i have all the the education to back it up and i'm like top of my field but i saw this uh thing one time in the sky and i'm really passionate about it. everyone's like shitting on him like that's the whole thing he's just like they're all like boo hiss hiss boo yeah he's like no it's real i saw it but everything else is legit i like, think that's nah. that's what i that's what i really enjoyed about like the movie thor mm. was yeah. jane foster is is a is a scientist in the movie She's like a doctor in the in the comics. I was gonna say in the manga. <laughs> she's a doctor in the manga. <laughs> you should read the manga if you want to see the full story. I think she's a medical doctor in the comics, and she's a she's a doctor of science in the in the movie. And she's out there one night, you know, talking with Thor in the desert, and he's just like, "Magic is just science that you guys haven't discovered yet." Which yeah. and that speaks volumes to me. I think because like subconsciously in my head, I'm like this movie sits so heavily with me and like the whole like thing about like this guy's um, kind kind of kind of girlfriend pseudo love interest um being like you can't just fucking believe in magic just to believe in magic like you're a fucking scientist get your shit together and I, that's so condescending and like yeah. patronizing to me because i'm like why can't a scientist be like hey Magic is just science we haven't discovered yet. Right. There's things that we don't know, and it would be foolish to believe that we do know everything. So right. it's really limiting to look at it from that, like, all-knowing. I mean, that's a that's an actual problem in the scientific field. Like, people, it's like the whole fringe science thing that has, I mean, like, you know, cold fusion that was like a whole 90s thing talking about 90s like that was a whole 90s thing and that was set back for decades because scientists like poo-pooed it because yeah. they were like this is stupid you are idiots like this is fringe science and it's not legit turns out like there's real science going on fringe there. science is still science hate to yeah. break it to you yeah it's still real science and it still has maybe it's not as like world shaking as they originally were hoping it was but guess what it's still really happening. that is a sailor uranus attack yeah <laughs> world shaking world shake world shaking yeah yeah so like but yeah like it's um it's it's interesting to look at it that way um i guess um huh. 
So one 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 big thing with this. All was, right, we're running a little long. Yeah, so can let's... I just talk about like maybe the most important part of the whole movie, sure. which was um, Merry Christmas and a Happy mask, New Year. Tuxedo mask is fucking Santa Claus. That whole scene, just oh my. That God. drove that drove my sex drive as a teenager. Can I just <laughs> let's talk about that? <laughs> can I like the the fantasies? Oh my God! That my teenage brain conjured of like this white knight in a tuxedo, like stripping off this terrible costume and just being like, "Merry Christmas." Shh. Yeah. And a happy new year. And I'm I just mean, like, yes. It's it's ripe for the pickings. Like if you think about it. Like Ooh, I peaked on that. My bad. It's okay. I mean, we, we all felt it. <laughs> <laughs> no, like literally in the sound, I peaked on that. Yeah, no. That's bad. Yeah. Um, But like it is such a, re- like I remember <laughs> like we're sitting there watching and you're like kind of like watching, but you're kind of not because you already know the fucking movie inside and out. And you're just sitting there like kind of scrolling your phone. And you're like, oh, my favorite scene's coming up. And like this is like five minutes before the fucking scene Prior. happened. And I'm like, I'm like, all right, cool, cool. Like I can't wait. And you're like, is this it? I'm like, is this it? I'm like, and it shows the outer right. sunshine in the cafe. And you're like, is is this it? Yeah, I'm, I'm like, like no, there's no fucking just keep way. watching. And then all of a sudden, like it cuts, it cuts away it's suddenly. Like jingling, like soft. Yeah. Like, like and as that happened, I turned to you on the couch and was like, "This is it, isn't it?" <laughs> and like all of a sudden, he just fucking appears in the yeah. sky as Santa Claus. Yes. Just... And then strips off the Santa Claus costume and wishes everyone a happy new year. <laughs> uh, that is iconic tuxedo mask. So fucking good. Iconic. Um, can we briefly also discuss how uh, I know? I know because I mentioned this in my notes that we touched on fate playing a huge role in Jojo. Um, despite our initial inklings about like it not really playing a role, but it plays a huge role in Sailor Moon, not only in this particular movie, but in this series overall. Yeah, the whole series is inex- inextricably linked to It's fate. like they have these past lives, yeah. right? And it all centered around this one person who then becomes pretty much you know the savior figure of of all humankind and and they learn of their future fates in the sailor moon r series like the second half of the original animation run of how they're supposed to be like the 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 warrior guardians of neo tokyo and sailor moon is you know usagi is supposed to marry Mamoru and they're supposed to have this child together and and be like the king and queen of all civilization essentially you know it's the uniting the final uniting i shouldn't say final i should say like the 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 ultimate the eventual uniting of the moon kingdom and the earth kingdom come together it's the penultimate like you know we're destined to be together through all of eternity yeah and then for this heavy for this movie to really play up on that with Luna believing that she and the scientist Kakeru are like destined to be together because he saved her from getting hit by a car when she was sick. He nursed her back to health. He cared about her and like showed her pretty much unconditional love in a, in a human esque way towards an animal. And, and also that he believes in, princess kaguya and like mm-hmm. you know all this other stuff that that she maybe knows isn't necessarily like poo poo like you know like it's it's sure it's lore and it's uh somewhat fictitious at this point maybe in the modern era but I mean, it's just it's luna just japanese folktales right but yeah. luna is so old 
if you consider her reincarnation, like she existed eons ago. So maybe Princess Kaguya like really was a figure, you know, millennia ago. And, and so that, that lore is based on, I mean, all lore is based on something. Yeah. All lore is based on something. I think, like what like my takeaway from what you're talking about is I guess that um it's it's setting two very different um kind of weights for the events of both so for Luna's experience in the movie versus her experience that we know of from the past slash what we're like expecting from her eons potentially of being alive in various forms is that she's like Everything can boil be boiled down to predestiny and fate and these very important, like unavoidable stepping stone moments in existence. Hence her being saved and like whisked away from danger. And like so for her and for the guardians, like you know what I mean, everything is in a very realistic sense, it's fated. So for for her to be saved by him in that moment, um, obviously it was fate. It was fated like that. So, right. but she like so it's it's not it's not fair for us to think of it as her being unreasonable to think of it. No, that way. absolutely not. I'm not. I'm not yeah. trying to frame it. No, no, that no. Way. I'm not saying that you were, but like it's just crazy because holy shit, talk but, about but fucking. But the people, the people specifically that Luna is surrounded by are kind of like. Are you sure? Like, you know, he's a dude. You're a cat. Right, but their whole fucking existence is predisposed exactly. on that stuff. Yeah, exactly. It's crazy. But it's so easy to brush it off when it's like someone else. But she's not a fucking cat. Like, not really. Like, not really a cat. Like, is she really a cat? Not really so a cat. So in the manga, no. Like, she actually lives a human life with Artemis and Diana at right. some point. Yeah. So like it's not it's even less fair for them to be like well right but they don't know that at this point I guess yeah that's in the future that is um one a couple other things that I really want to talk about just stuff that I I noticed you know like my first viewing of this and because Sailor Jupiter is like you know my kindred spirit like if I could be an anime character I would I would be Sailor Jupiter in a heartbeat um. This is <laughs> this specific movie the the Japanese um, voice actors with the English subtitles first viewing ever was the first time I ever saw the transformation sequences that were not censored. Yeah. Yeah. So this is the first time that I ever saw Jupe's ass cheeks mm. as she transformed, and I was just like, "What?" <laughs> like <laughs> my butt? little my bisexual brain was just like, "Huh." <laughs> Excuse me. I'm ready to bring that up. Yeah, way. I was like, this is new and exciting. Yeah, you're like, okay, all right, I'm here for this. Right, like, I'm, what's this? I'm wholly here for this. And then the fact that um, not only in this movie, but definitely in Sailor Moon R as well as Sailor Moon Super S, I believe, um, sh- Jupiter goes in with her fists while everyone else is using powered attacks. She's just beating ass. She is going in with her fucking fists. Yeah. Like a fucking champ. She's like me in a, the third run through Dark Souls 3 where yeah. I'm like, I just want to fucking womp ass. What yeah. do I got to do? Who Literally. Do- she's like, I don't have time to conjure Supreme Thunder Mm-mm. or anything like that. Like she's like, I got to fucking just, Oof. well, I was going to say beat these ice, ice queens off, but... <laughs> 
we've learned. Which one of you wants to get beat off first? I mean, <laughs> shit. Uh, I mean, well, whatever. Yeah, we've learned that's a that's a terrible turn of phrase. Don't. Thank you, uh, Mythical Kitchen Josh. Oh, my fucking God. Um, Chaos Lord Incarnate. Yeah, so there are a couple things that just will always stick with me. And So this is like, this is the first instance of Jupe Ass. For me, yes. Wow. Uncensored Jupe Ass. Jupe Ass. So, yeah, you, you were like, you were like, this is like pivotal. This is like immense. Like you're like snapping your fingers, like, oh, amazing, incredible, breathtaking, one of a kind. Like, yeah, <laughs> I, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I'm just like, oh boy. Um, and I think also like Luna's transformation into our human form was also pivotal for me, not because I was like hot for it, but because I was like, oh my god, yeah. she's so pretty and so cute, and like her voice, you know, didn't change. And I was just like, you're right, Kara. Everything that I said earlier, you're right. Like, it fucking works. It fits her. Like, this yeah. is beautiful. I'm so in love. <laughs> and um, when they're, like, flying around the earth and she kisses him and it's just, like, so sweet and, like, so, ugh, like, she knows she can't stay in that form forever. And this is just, like, a yeah. one-time thing. She's like, I just want you to know that, like, magic is fucking real, my dude. And you were never wrong. And the people who love you should should know that, like should should know should know to not try to take that from you. Mm-hmm. And it's just so pure and wonderful. And the fact that like her last line to him is just "Skiyo atashi no spaceman," just like I love you, spaceman. Just like <laughs> yeah, like it's it's cool. Like and it's I think I think my favorite thing with that whole takeaway is the fact that he knows that it's her. Yeah. At that point, like, and it's not like he magically forgets that. Right. And like he knows he knows that she can like he knows what something weird's going on with this like cat that keeps coming back to him like she does have a fucking crescent moon on her forehead. I know and like it's fun that like he like isn't just like completely stupid about that cuz he is a scientist like He's a very smart man. Yeah, like he almost like says like he almost says some things a couple times where he's like oh, and then he like cuts himself short and it's cute because it's like all right, like we know what's going on like we're right. not dumb. I don't know. It's just a super cute whole dynamic. I love the movie. Love it. 10 out of 10. It's just, and it's, I think I, I picked right. this one also because it was, it's coming on winter time. Oh yeah. Super comfy for that though. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like one of those really nostalgic, like cold weather. Let's curl up and just watch this cute little love story. Yeah. So, um, I know I just said 10 out of 10, but I did want to start with this whole thing that we're doing. I do want to rate, um, <laughs> if we want to rate it as it currently is and then rate it from our nostalgia. Like, so for me, this is kind of like a little weird, Mm -hmm. but um, for nostalgia, I'm going to say it's like a nine out of 10. Okay. For a standalone standalone takeaway, I'm going to say a seven out of 10. Okay. I'm not going to go into why you picked those numbers because we're really like coming up on time here. Like it's, it's really good. I feel like if we had watched it in English, probably would have been lower. But mm. I like it. It's I think a, depending on who did the voice acting at that point. Yeah. But a really, a really good film. So nostalgia for me is obviously like a 27 out of 10. Right. Naturally. Um, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> obviously. Um, as a standalone, if I knew little to nothing about Sailor Moon and someone's just like, hey, watch this. It's like an hour and a minute long. Um, it's Sailor Moon. I would have been like, okay, uh, sure. Um, I would still give it like honestly as a as an hour and some change minute OVA movie whatever you want to classify it as I would still probably give it a 9 out of 10 
just because mm. like you've got everything it's got a love story it's it's everything a shoujo anime should be it's got a love story blatant love story um unrequited and then quasi requited love everyone ends up with who they're supposed to end up with at the end there's professions of love like outward every time you turn around and look at it there's a villain who's hell-bent on destroying the earth and is super powerful but does she fucking get her ass rocked in the end hell yeah she gets her ass fucking rocked in the end (laughs) thanks to the power of friendship and like platonic love I mean, yeah, I guess we can put it that way. It's got it's got fucking everything. And that iconic tuxedo mask scene, I mean, even without my teenage hormones attached to it, it's still like fucking just chef's kiss. Yeah. I guess I don't know. The only reason I'm saying seven out of ten is just because like without the context and without me like having any otherwise look at it, I'm like Shoujo is not really your shtick. Yeah. I'm just I'm 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 honestly just trying to be like as unbiased as possible. Yeah. Like, so when I say seven out of ten, that's like a really high score. I like know. I'm trying to think of it like if I was just like looking at it as a standalone film without anything else, any other inference, which is like impossible at this point, but I'm trying right. my best. Like seven out of ten is still fucking really high. Yeah, you're really, really, really harsh when it comes to that kind of stuff. So but like I love a movie. It's it's a great I'm not. Movie. It's a great it's a great movie. Like, I'm not harsh when it comes to it. I know. Last of the Mohicans, if that got turned into a shoujo <laughs> anime, I'd be like fucking off for it. Fuck me up, fam. Yeah. Let's go back to the fucking waterfall. Yes. Well, no, that's a bad. Oh, the actual waterfall. Yes, the actual The waterfall. one where they're climbing it. Yes. Got it. Okay. Because there's another filmed. waterfall where it's not a good. Okay. Mm. Yeah. We also saw that. We did. Um, yes. But this is, I'm really excited about this. Um, Me too. And I hope you guys are too. Uh, we were already well vested in watching um, some other stuff that I'm really excited about. And uh, there's this turns out there's a lot of a lot of anime. I don't know if you guys realize this, but there's a lot of anime. That hey, was guys. Made, so. Also, if you know um, where we can find uh, Utna, the movie yeah. pre 2011 without us having to pay twenty five dollars for a season on Amazon. Um, no. Well, I mean, there was an actual movie before the 2011 one. And I'm, I know this because Bunny had me watch it when we were in high school. Like I like it's 2000 something it's 1990 something like there's something yeah there's an ova an oav that was made prior to 2011 so if you guys know where to find it fucking um at me on twitter i'm at uh i don't remember my handle but it's manny boffins or at me on ao3 um manny boffins as well just fucking tell me where i can find it because i like i desperately need to watch it again Yeah. yeah um but I think this is going to be really great. Uh, I think this is a great way to start this. And we're obviously going to be doing some other Sailor Moon stuff also. Right. So, also, fucking upload schedule. I'm sorry. Life is shit and yeah. crazy. Um, I know you guys can understand. <laughs> yeah. But we're we're going to like we found we recently just found a treasure trove of some good stuff that should uh, provide opportunities for some Absolutely. more frequent uploads. So thanks, guys. Well, depending. <laughs> Maybe. We'll see. We'll fucking see. I it's don't know. It's the holiday season. Trying to get through 2020 yeah, in know. one piece. It's the freaking weekend. I know you guys can relate. Anyway, um, thank you for listening to Otaku. We will catch you when we catch you. Yeah. Bye, guys. Bye.